Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We begin the show with some breaking news. Ravens jumped in with a huge contract. Odell Beckham Jr. becomes the first wide receiver to go to the Pro Bowl in the Baltimore Ravens uniform. This could be magic. We know at his best, he would have been the best wide receiver options in free agency. Touchdown! Touchdown! Touchdown, OBJ! The last time we saw Odell Beckham Jr. play football, he was trending towards being the Super Bowl MVP. Beckham Jr. is a Raven, so we'll spend some time on that today and tell you just how scary this Baltimore offense could be if Lamar Jackson is back. Of course, we don't totally know what's going to happen there, but maybe OBJ knows something that we don't as we welcome you into NFL Live. we got a great crew today, of course. Marcus Spears and Mina Kimes. Adam Schefter joins us. Matt Miller, our draft analyst, will be with you for the hour. Let's begin, though, with the latest news around the NFL, and Shefty's here with a story that could shake up the NFL draft. Hey, Shefty. Well, Laura, here's a story worth watching in the days leading up to the NFL draft a couple of weeks from now. The Arizona Cardinals already have heard from about a half dozen teams that are interested in trading up to the number three overall pick. The Cardinals still are mulling whether to stay at number three or to deal the pick, but clearly there are enough teams interested in the pick and getting anxious about moving up that something tells me that we will get a trade with that pick by the time it is on the clock. And of course, the news last night regards Odell Beckham Jr. reaching agreement with the Baltimore Ravens on a one-year deal worth $15 million that could be worth up to $18 million. A lot of people surprised at the amount of money that Baltimore gave him. But here is some of the thinking behind that. Number one, you upgrade the wide receiver position. Clearly, they don't have a wide receiver as talented, who's as accomplished as Odell Beckham Jr. The other thing is, he's been in communication with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson posted on social media last night, the two of them having a conversation. He makes returning to Baltimore that much more attractive. No, he does not mean that they're going to pay Lamar Jackson extra money, but he does make the job that much more interesting for Lamar Jackson. Also on a one-year deal. So if and when he leaves after this year, the Ravens could get a compensatory draft pick back for Odell Beckham Jr. And then, of course, you're signing one of the most popular athletes, I think not just in football, but in the world. He becomes an iconic brand, and that's not why you make moves, but that's just another reason to bring in a player as popular as Odell Beckham Jr. There's some of the thinking, and of course, Odell Beckham Jr. was going to visit the Jets today, but obviously was interested in Baltimore, the money they paid, and canceled the Jets' visit, and he's hoping to be able to play with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Yeah, we'll check in on the Aaron Rodgers and Jets side of all this a little bit later. Thanks to Adam. He's with us all show. Last night, Odell Beckham Jr. and Lamar Jackson shared their FaceTime images on social media as Adam referenced, bringing plenty of hope, okay, to Baltimore fans. The new Ravens wideout has not played since tearing his ACL in Super Bowl 56. Prior to that, 
He struggled to produce with the Rams during the regular season, but flipped the switch in the playoffs. Mm. He more than doubled his yards per route run, significantly increased his catch rate, while also creating over a yard more of separation on his targets. We've talked about this so many times, but in that Super Bowl, you felt like if he could have remained healthy, he could have been the MVP potentially even of that game. Marcus, what do you think about this move? OBJ to the Ravens. Y'all, we did. We went, we went to Las Vegas for the Pro Bowl, and we spent a lot of time there leading into the uh, Super Bowl. And what I should have done was stop a couple of times in that lobby and put some money on them blackjack tables or something <laughs> so I could have a good time. But the Ravens have more juice than I have because they put their money on the blackjack table and they put a lot of it <laughs> on there because you either crazy or you yeah. a genius. Either way is risky, and that's what gambling <laughs> is. But if this turns out that Ob Odell Beckham Jr. stays healthy and has a really good season and this move created an avenue or a lane in order for you to get Lamar Jackson back, this is one of the biggest moves that we've seen in the league in a minute. If all of those things come together and they have the type of success that everybody anticipates if Lamar Jackson is playing quarterback. I love the Ravens sticking their neck out and doing this. OBJ got 15 million guaranteed in this situation and it's a window into Lamar Jackson because I don't take those tweets as something small and him showing pictures of those guys having a good time about OBJ signing. Swag, you must have a doppelganger because I thought that was you putting that money on the blackjack table, but it, that's a different story. I'm everywhere, Boogie. I'm <laughs> everywhere. Okay. I'm yeah, everywhere. All right. <laughs> Nina, does this actually change things with Lamar? Well, it certainly feels a lot more likely today than it did a couple of days ago that he's going to be a Raven this season, emphasis on this season. Mm. Uh, not necessarily because uh, OBJ signed. I think the money is probably a big part of the reason why he's in Baltimore. But as Marcus alluded to, this is the most engaged with the franchise that we have seen this quarterback in months as a fan. Like, this is the first sign you've heard from him that he might yes. be a Raven next year. The fact that he's talking to the wide receiver they just signed. So that's great, but the, the larger question looms, which is, can this relationship be healed? Can a long-term deal even be on the table? And I think, Laura, that's a confusing question because it depends on an unknown, which is whether Lamar Jackson's trade request, his desire to move on, was solely motivated by money, wanting all those guarantees, or if it yeah. mattered to him that the Ravens didn't invest much in the offense in terms of skill players during his tenure there because if that didn't mm. matter to him I could see a move like this as well as the hiring of Todd Munkin going some way towards making this relationship better because it does show you it shows Lamar that Baltimore is trying to make the offense better. 100% agree MK and think about it from this angle too because this is something else I thought about why would the Ravens invest that much money off of a wide receiver coming off of two ACLs if they had no plan at quarterback, like there has to be something that's yeah. telling the Ravens that they'll at least have someone to put them in contention or have a successful offense under a new offense coordinator. That's a lot of money to give the Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> with zero plan at quarterback. They, like, so it blew my mind in that regard as well when I looked at it from that angle. Well, they're, they're going to have somebody play quarterback, Marcus. And just think about this. Since we heard... Lamar Jackson's trade request in early March. To the best of our knowledge, there hasn't been a team that has been willing to sign him to an offer sheet. The market has not been as robust as many people 
thought it would be. And there has been communication with Odell Beckham Jr., who now has reached agreement with the Baltimore Ravens. So there are a whole host of factors that you have to think have Lamar seen the Ravens in a little bit of a different mindset today than he might have over a month ago mm-hmm. when he initially submitted that trade request before free agency began, before he had the opportunity to speak with other teams, before Odell Beckham Jr. became a Raven. And so that's what happens during the offseason. The dynamics are constantly shifting. And where they're shifting today makes it more likely that Lamar Jackson's going to be in Baltimore than he's going to be elsewhere, though this story still has to play itself out. Listen, I know that OBJ is a smart businessman. He's looking at the market. He's saying, I want to make as much money as possible. But I just don't see how he signs this deal, how he decides to go with the Ravens, unless he feels at least somewhat confident and probably more than that right yes. that Lamar Jackson is the quarterback <laughs> he did there the, he did <laughs> the Baker Mayfield experience right he's he like I'm had good the Baker there Mayfield experience. yeah so yeah. all right listen we're going to continue to pay attention to this one of the questions that a lot of people have had is how healthy actually is OBJ right a lot of people concerned with his health and that ACL return to ACLs as we welcome in Stefania Bell for more on that information and Stefania you've got a lot to tell us here about why this comes back is really unique the recovery as well so take it away well you know Laura I think people have become used to ACL injuries and recoveries ACL reconstruction we hear it all the time we see players come back all the time but the fact is what Odell had was a second ACL mm. surgery on the same knee. We call that a revision ACL. And it's different because it takes longer to recover. It's typically a, a more difficult recovery. You can't progress it as quickly because when you have that injury twice, there's hypothetically more damage within inside the knee. And guess what? We've never seen an elite wide receiver return to form after this type of injury. But... <laughs> Give me the butt. <laughs> but there might there's there's reason for optimism here, yeah. and let me tell you why. We got a great picture here, uh, looking inside the knee. So you see the ACL uh, on the diagram there, and the ideal graft when you have to repair a torn ACL comes from the bone, tendon, and bone of the patellar tendon. A lot of times when you have a second surgery, that might not be available, especially if you had an injury on the other side. In Odell's case, it was available on his opposite knee, so he's got the best kind of graft in there. Second. He did not have significant cartilage damage. When you have two injuries like this, you worry about this inside lining of the knee, damage to the cartilage. That can impair your future. I've been told that he had a good-looking knee on the inside, so his recovery was allowed to progress at the rate of a typical primary ACL recovery. Wow. Couple that with the fact that he had a whole year off from football, so he's got fresh legs, and a solid graft. And I think you're looking at potential for him to actually return to the level of receiver that we saw before. I really, I understand I'm simplifying this here. It almost feels as though with the structure of the knee that he didn't have the second ACL tear. It's almost as if it's only one and then there was a whole lot of time to recover from that. I know I oversimplified, but still, that's the confidence level here. Yeah, and consider, you know, I spoke with his surgeon, Dr. Neil Elitrash, who is also the Rams team physician, 
who had the ability to watch him with the Rams and really knows this guy, and he said he's going to be a monster this year. Okay, there we go. You heard it here <laughs> first. Thanks to Stefania Bell, our injury expert for all the latest here. We're just getting started on NFL Live. OBJ has a new home, as we've talked about, but DeAndre Hopkins still looking for one. Marcus has a tantalizing suggestion for D-Hop that could make the NFL's top offense unstoppable. Plus, a former NFL QB claims Joe Burrow is better than Patrick Mahomes. Someone here calls that opinion absurd, and you don't want to miss their reaction it's just five minutes away nfl live is brought to you by burger king we'll be right back this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple jets is better with the thickest crispiest cheesiest detroit style pizza in the country there's no competition Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Here's the week nine XFL schedule. Saturday, the Vipers square off against the Roughnecks at 1230 Eastern on ABC. And the Guardians take on the Brahmas at 7 Eastern on ESPN2 and ESPN Deportes. Then Sunday afternoon's ESPN doubleheader starts in D.C. with the 7-1 defenders hosting the Renegades who can lock up a playoff spot with a win at noon Eastern followed by a big one between the Sea Dragons and Battlehawks. They're separated by one game in the North. Every game also available on ESPN+. Plus. Don't miss it. The drama starting to heat up in the XFL. All right, now listen, some great battles of late between the Chiefs and Bengals. Carson Palmer, though, had this opinion on the team's two quarterbacks, Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. Listen to this. In the league, I like and it. I, think, I know pa Patrick is phenomenal, but, but I just think Joe's more consistent. He's more consistent. He's more accountable to run the system in the play that's called and not feel like, well, he didn't win last time and get open for me, so I'm going to do it with my feet. And then before you know it, you're soft for a four-yard loss because you tried to make two or three guys miss. Joe is just, he, they're, they're talk about not having a weakness. Okay, to be clear, we're huge fans of both quarterbacks here on NFL Live, but Marcus, who would you choose? Matt Miller's there too. We'll get to him in a second. Go ahead, Swagoo. It's Patrick Mahomes, and, and look, I usually, Boogie, I'm working on being a better person this year because usually I would go off. How's that you know when I hear you? things <laughs> that don't make any sense, and it's not going well because I just went off the other day on something else. But I would rather Carson Palmer and anybody else just say they prefer the way Joe Burrow plays football because saying that uh, Joe Burrow is better than Patrick Mahomes, is dumb. that's dumb. That is asinine. And it's asinine because of the not only the accomplishments, what we've seen, like what we watch. 
If you don't like the fact that a quarterback is going to improvise and go out of structure, it's cool to say that. And and like you said at the beginning, nobody is taking anything away from Joe Burrow. But we, we, we had this conversation amongst people at ESPN talking about Joe Burrow is, no, he's not. Joe Burrow is not better than Patrick Mahomes at the quarterback position right now. Joe Burrow is elite. He is one of the top three in the league, I believe. But he's not better than Patrick Mahomes. And that's fine. But if you're partial to the way that Joe Burrow plays and you come up with some things of why you think Joe Burrow is better, that's no problem. Just don't say he's better because it's not true. No, Marcus, you're absolutely right. It's not true. And I don't know why we have to keep doing this because Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. There's no doubt in my mind about this. To me, it's like we can have this conversation about Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and how good they are. That's fine. It's Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. They're both really good. Neither of them is Michael Jordan. And that's who Patrick Mahomes is to the NFL yes. right now. We're talking two Super Bowl titles and Ball MVP. LeBron. He was in another Super Bowl <laughs> and it had his offensive line not been decimated. They would have won that Super Bowl as well. So, yes, I'm yeah. biased because I'm a Missouri guy, but I don't get this one at all. It's Mahomes and then it's everyone else lining up behind him. I heard that LeBron see, that's the in there. We got to go. Hey, listen. Well, you, you, Patrick, you know how I feel about LeBron. I know. That's why I had to mention it. Go Patrick ahead, Mahomes ahead. has the go most ahead. wins as a starting quarterback, most pass yards, <laughs> most touchdowns through a player's first six seasons in NFL history. He's better. It's okay. It's fine. I mean. Anyway, Marcus, you started out being nice, and then you got mean on us. I like that out of you. Let's keep that going. Big news yesterday, yeah, okay, with man. OBJ signing a one-year contract worth up to $18 million with 15 guaranteed with the Ravens. But there's another veteran receiver still out there. You're seeing him on your screen, DeAndre Hopkins. Adam, we should have our eyes on him. What's the latest with the D-Hop situation? Well, Lori, you have to keep in mind, you have Arizona's top offensive weapon, but any team that would want to trade for him would have to pay DeAndre Hopkins on a contract that they would agree to and compensate the Cardinals and to find a combination that works for both a team willing to pay Hopkins and Arizona hasn't materialized so far. And so DeAndre Hopkins see Odell Beckham Jr. get $15 million and thinks, well, I've produced at a level like that. More so, I've been as good as any receiver in the league. That's what he thinks he should be worth. But teams around the league have balked at paying him that right now. So right now, it puts the Cardinals in a tough spot where they can't find a trade partner. Obviously, they're talking about somebody that could and would be valuable to their offense. And I think this is the type of situation that could potentially rear itself around the draft with a team that doesn't come up with a wide receiver, that has got a little cap space, that then makes a move. But Arizona is not going to get back the type of return that people would think in part because of the contract that DeAndre Hopkins would have to get from another team. Yeah, it's a good reminder on that contract. It's not as simple as just saying, yeah, we want D-Hop and he'd help our team. DeAndre Hopkins, by the way, was limited to just nine games last season due to suspension and injury. But when he was on the field, he was still highly effective. Hopkins ranked fourth in receptions per game and 10th receiving yards per game and continued to showcase his strong hands. That's one of the things we talk about with him all the time, posting the eighth lowest drop rate. He holds on to the football. It's big. Mina, Adam spoke about his contract. Do you think he even gets moved this offseason? There's a scenario where he doesn't, right? Yeah, and it's all because of the contract. From a football perspective, I still think DeAndre Hopkins is – one of the best possession receivers in the NFL. He's very reliable. There's a bunch of teams that could use him, but 
his salary is about 19 and a half million dollars this year 15 next and just looking right now across the NFL at teams effective cap space meaning after they pay their rookies according to over the cap there are only a dozen teams with even 10 million dollars so for this to happen and I'm not saying it can't happen one of two things would have to occur either Arizona would have to eat some of that perhaps so that they could get a better draft pick if a team was really incentivized or DeAndre Hopkins would have to be willing to agree to a pay cut because he wants to play on a better team. So if one of those things could happen, I could see him getting moved, but I could also see a world in which he just goes back to Arizona. Hmm. Okay, we're going to start putting disclaimers on the bottom when we have these type of conversations where the cap is involved. Like these <laughs> these statements have not been approved by the NFL and Mina Kimes. Um, listen, I want D-Hop in, I, I in, <laughs> I I in Kansas City. I think that's a great landing spot for him. He's in that area of his career where it's, it should be about winning. I mean, if you make an interesting point as well, like is he willing to take a pay cut to potentially get a Super Bowl and make yeah. up for that conversation in other ways? Or do you restructure contracts enough to bring him on a team as well that you know he would add an impact winning and you may be having a leg up against the people in that division, especially when you look at Kansas City and losing Juju and losing Miko. That's a big piece that they could try to add and put themselves right back. If not already being the favorite, they would definitely be the favorite, I believe, if D-Hop, if they were able to finagle a trade and find the compensation to get him on that team. Yeah, Kansas City makes sense. How about Buffalo? D-Hop, he has been in Houston and Arizona. He has not won a lot of football games in the NFL. So if Kansas yes. City is out because of Mina's cap numbers, what about Buffalo? And, and I think maybe more specifically, if he is cut because of the contract, does Buffalo get involved? We know how great Stephon Diggs is. Also, the last time we saw him, he and Josh Allen weren't really getting along on the sideline. Gabe Davis has had one great game in the playoffs mm. against Kansas City. There's also times that he's dropping too many passes. So could DeAndre come here and be a 1A or a 1B with Stephon Diggs, maybe at a lower pay rate, but also having a legitimate chance to win a Super Bowl ring with one of the greatest young quarterbacks in the NFL? I think the scheme fits Hopkins very well. They don't have that established deep threat, which we know he is so great at. We saw the sure-handed numbers. I think Buffalo would be great for him. Look, we could go on and name 10 places, 15 places, that would be a great fit for DeAndre Hopkins. But it comes back to the contract and a team willing to make it happen. Buffalo has too many expenses, too many costs, can't make it happen. There's no questions about the player. But what complicates it is when Odell Beckham Jr., gets $15 million guaranteed, and DeAndre Hopkins says, well, I should be getting that, and there's not a team out there right now that's willing to go to that length. So this is where it gets complicated and sticky and messy. You've got a great receiver where teams don't have a lot of cap space, and yeah, he'd fit in a lot of places, but it just hasn't worked and hasn't fit so far, and you don't know when it will. Adam, as you said earlier, we'll look to the draft to see if that ends up being a time where a team gets a little bit more desperate. All right, some sad news in the NFL this afternoon as we got an update on the death of Dwayne Haskins. Haskins was drugged on the night of his death as part of an alleged blackmail and robbery conspiracy against the former NFL quarterback. This according to a lawsuit filed by his family. The civil suit lists four individual and four businesses as defendants connected to the alleged conspiracy. Haskins was killed on April 9th, 2022, after he was struck by a dump truck while he was walking on a South Florida highway. As of today, no criminal charges have been filed in connection with Haskins' death.
More NFL Live after this. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So glad you're with us on NFL Live. This is the news today. Odell Beckham Jr. officially a Raven. So what's he bringing to Baltimore in terms of versatility? Mina, start us off. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite attributes of OBJ is when he's healthy is his ability to create when he has the ball in his hands. Since 2019, the Ravens ranked dead last in the NFL in yards after the catch. My hope is that OBJ can change that because if he is healthy, when he gets the football, he is able to do miraculous things on the field with his vision, his explosiveness, and his shiftiness. He is an incredible wide receiver with the ball in his hands. Yeah, MK, and going right off of that, the ability to separate. I don't have any uh, 2019 stats, but I do have my eyes. And you talk about his precise ability to run routes, his ability to create separation when he sticks his foot in the ground, which sometimes you get concerned with with the ACLs, um, obviously with his hard cutting. But he has been creating separation at a high rate since he stepped into this league. And there is an offense that needs this more than anybody. It's the Baltimore Ravens when you try to evolve a passing game. Yeah, I mean, the Ravens need everything at the wide receiver position, but I'm excited to see OBJ get back on the field as a deep threat, something this offense really needs. If Rashad Bateman is back, he had 15 catches last year. He only has three touchdowns in his career, but he's more of a possession-style underneath receiver. My hope is that OBJ can stretch the field, soften things up for Mark Andrews on the underneath, and give Lamar Jackson that home run hitter at wide receiver that they've really never had in his NFL career. Yeah, and if you're sitting at home saying, yeah, but he tore his ACL twice and all that jazz, we hear you. We had Stefania Bell, our injury analyst, on earlier in the show. If you missed it, she talked about how structurally sound that ACL actually is and how many in the medical field expect OBJ to return to his form as a wide receiver. We'll keep an eye on it, but the medical opinion is that he'll be just like he was before, which is pretty amazing. Over the last three seasons, by the way, the Ravens have struggled to get production from the wide receiver position. Over that span, Baltimore's wideouts rank last in receptions, receiving yards, and first downs. In fact, they've recorded more than 50 fewer first down receptions than any other team in the NFL. Mina, it's no secret that on this show, we've been at times maddened by the Ravens' offense and the scheme. We haven't seen this new offense with their new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, just yet. What do you anticipate? 
Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the addition of OBJ. I would argue that the change to Todd Munkin as offensive coordinator probably have a bigger impact on this offense. We've only seen Lamar play with Greg Roman. Um, so Munkin, when he was with the NFL, with the Bucks, that was a very pass-heavy pass heavy, attack with Jameis Winston. I actually think there'll be a lot more to learn from what he did at Georgia in terms of the use of multiple tight ends. We saw him develop a designed run game. Stetson Bennett very different from Lamar Jackson, obviously. But the most important thing he did there, and I think the thing that matters the most for Baltimore, is how he integrated the run and the pass. When you watch Georgia football, everything looked the same. And with the pass catchers, there was an attention to detail that's really been missing with the Ravens. This Ravens offense with Lamar Jackson as the dual threat should have the most explosive play-action passing attack in the NFL, especially if Odell Beckham Jr. and Rashad Bateman are healthy. So my hope is that they are healthy and that if Lamar Jackson is the quarterback, Todd Munkin can elevate a passing game that's really been lacking for a couple of years now. I mean, I'm rocking like the old people do because you preaching that good word right now. Listen, here's the other thing that I'm excited about as well. Like, like you got you got Odell Beckham Jr. and obviously health. Rashad Bateman health and, and Mina, I think Bateman gets a bad rep when dude on the field, he productive. It's just him keeping them yeah. on the field, um, having an opportunity. Very to make, but the the thing, yes, the thing that relates is that Todd Munkin comes from an offense where the tight end was his best offensive weapon at Georgia. Now he steps in with yeah. Mark Andrews and how he uses Mark Andrews in this offense as well, who had a high rate obviously of targets because he was the guy that everyone trusted in the passing game and you you talked about the play action as well the exciting part about this is that now you have three legitimate playmakers that will uncover areas for each other if they all can be on the field at one time and that has to be a proposition that that Lamar Jackson is very excited about and even this Ravens fan base and you don't have to lose your physical identity of running the football when you want to with these guys which is the point you made about the play action I'm excited to see what Todd Munkin does but he absolutely has guys that can be game breakers in that type of offense. You know, we've all decided that maybe Lamar Jackson is coming back to the Ravens now that this OBJ <laughs> thing's happened. I'm Matt, there were so some bad. theories that maybe they should try to go and get a quarterback, maybe try to get up to that number three spot. We'll get to that story in a little bit, but what should they look to do in the draft, Baltimore, maybe if things stand as they do right now? Draft a wide receiver? I don't know that signing Whoa. a 31-year-old coming off two ACL injuries <laughs> for one year is going to really solve the wide receiver problem long term. We we saw the stats. You guys were talking about they haven't since had a, they haven't had a Pro Bowl wide receiver. They're fewest in the NFL in yards. They still need wide receiver help, even if Bateman's back. We're looking at Nelson Aguilar in the slot. No disrespect, he's a lot better wide receiver than I am, but they still need help at that position, even with someone like Devin DuVernay, who can help in special teams and has a third or fourth option. If I look at pick number 22, if Zay Flowers from Boston College is there, if Jordan Addison from USC is there, these are still players that could be a good value. And we're talking about they're on your team for five years, not just one mm. year. And they are much better prospects for the long term, also a lot cheaper for the long term. Yeah, the money side of that is really important, especially when you've spent 15 million guaranteed on that 31-year-old wide receiver. But we can't wait to see him in the offense. 
And I love that Mina told us what it might look like. Coming up on NFL Live, first round prospect out of Georgia, Jalen Carter visiting the Seahawks tomorrow. Next, Mina's going to tell you why he's the most complete player in this draft. A lot more coming your way here on NFL Live. and glad you're with us on this Monday. We'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's been playing at this height for a while now. I mean, you figure it out. Drew Brees figured it out as good as anybody, right? You find throwing lanes. It would be different if he was 6'4 all through college, and now all of a sudden he's only 5'10". How's he, he knows how to do it. Right? right, and that's the shotgun. Now you're already seven yards deep. You can find the windows and find the lanes, and he's obviously done it at an extremely high level his whole career. Oh! So I'm not worried about the height at all. Yeah, and he's he's so elusive. You know, he kind of almost baits these defenders. They think they have him. He moves. His eyes are downfield the whole time. I don't think that's a factor. Check out Bryce Young's journey in episode one as Archie, Peyton, and Eli help him prepare for the NFL draft. A lot of good points brought up there. On the Clock is presented by Ego Outdoor Power Tools, premiering tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern exclusively on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Let's continue on with the draft. I'm talking about Jalen Carter with some draft buzz here on NFL Live. Over the last two seasons, Jalen Carter, a dominant force. We're going to start with Adam Schefter first. Adam, what more can you tell us about Jalen Carter and what he's been up to lately? Well, Jalen Carter's visiting the Seahawks, but let's start with the Carolina Panthers right now, Laura, who have the number one pick in the draft and are hosting quarterbacks. Anthony Richardson is in today. He'll be followed by Bryce Young. We'll go back to Jalen Carter. Like you said, the Seattle Seahawks will be hosting him tomorrow on a visit. The Seahawks have the fifth trip, and there's Anthony Richardson. He's in Carolina today. Bryce Young will be in tomorrow. And so they're taking a look at quarterbacks as to see which one is going to be going number one overall. Bryce Young continues to be the favorite to wind up in the number one spot at the top of the draft. As for Will Levis, he is scheduled to visit the Tennessee Titans on Tuesday, tomorrow, Titans are quietly 
in the quarterback market, waiting to see whether they can move up, waiting to see where their quarterback slides to them, but they've been doing a lot of legwork on a lot of different quarterbacks in this draft, and we'll see whether or not the Tennessee Titans make a bold move for a quarterback in the first round. We mentioned Jalen Carter. He is scheduled to visit the Seattle Seahawks. He's only visiting teams in the top 10. He's visited Philadelphia. He's visited Chicago. He'll now visit Seattle, which has the number five pick, which also has been connected to quarterbacks. And we'll see what direction the Seahawks decide to go as well, Laura. Adam, I got to apologize for steering the ship the wrong direction there off the top. That was all on me, okay? I'm going to own that one. <laughs> we got more Adam coming the way. You're an excellent, excellent steerer, Laura. Whichever direction you take me, <laughs> I'm going to follow. You're, yeah, you know what? You're a good first mate there because you just went right along with me. You were stuck <laughs> on this boat, so you had no other options. But either way, over the last two seasons, as we continue on with Jalen Carter, he was a dominant force for the Georgia Bulldogs, both as a pass rusher and as a run stuffer. Over that span, Carter led all SEC defensive tackles in both pressures and run stops, which are tackles at or behind the line of scrimmage, of course. Mina, how good can Jalen Carter be in the NFL? On tape, strictly speaking about Jalen Carter, the football player, I think you can make a case that he is the most talented player in this draft. I don't think it's that hard to make the case, frankly. I mean, when you, when you watch him, so many things jump out. I think the number one thing, though, is the incredible play strength. He is so physically dominant at the point of attack. His upper body, his hands, they're like grizzly bear paws. And then the fact that he has incredible balance on top of that. It's a rare combination, Laura. And then you couple that with the fact that as a pass rusher, he is incredibly advanced. I would argue more advanced than many of the edge rushers we'll talk about in terms of his moves and how he deploys them. He has what everyone in the NFL NFL wants, which is the ability to take over games from that three-tech position on the inside. So if a team is comfortable with him and, and the off-the-field stuff, which we'll talk about in depth as this draft season goes on, from the football side, I don't have questions. There will never not be a time when Mina Kime talks about defensive linemen that I don't get emotional. <laughs> so if you're going to watch NFL Live the next 100 years, pause, you're going right? to see me with that reaction. <laughs> l l yes, man. Wow. Here's the thing, too, MK, to, to, to go off of what you just said. I think he's the most surest impact player immediately coming out in this draft. I, you put him in your defense, and he immediately becomes one of the top three guys on that unit that's going to impact games in critical moments. And you all know I've talked about how I think this interior pass rush is now becoming the key to, to key, the key to you having a tremendous amount of success yeah. when we talk about playoff football, the athleticism of these quarterbacks, and being able to track inside and out. One of the things you talk about defensive linemen, especially when they're young, is one, how polished they are. And Mina, you made this point. At the point of contact, how much balance do you have when you're getting bumped by other offensive linemen and the trash and the things that are around you? His feet stays off the ground. He never gets stuck. And his, his lower body, his lower half, doesn't get knocked off of his path hmm. to the football. That is immediate impact football players on the next level, and he'll be that for whoever takes him.
Yeah, I mean, I didn't know we could compare players to grizzly bears. I got to change my write-ups for all these comps we do. That makes it <laughs> so much better. Uh, I do think that on the field, guys, Jalen Carter, I mean, he was the best player at Georgia when they won a national championship in 2021. He was the best player at Georgia when they won a national championship in 2022 as well. So I see someone in a post-Aaron Donald NFL. He could be the best D-tackle in the league. He could be there with Jeffrey Ooh. Simmons. He could be there with Quentin Williams. On the field, that talent is absolutely there, which is why he will not fall out of the top 10. Adam said it. He's only taking visits in the top 10. He will be drafted in the top 10. The talent is just too good to pass up. All right, since we all wanted to do it, everyone put your grizzly bear paws up. Oh, it's just me doing it, okay? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that's all I wanted. Thank you for that. That made my day. We got a lot more. Tony latches on. Roaring. It's over. Roaring. More coming your way on NFL Live, okay? When we come back, big news of the day. At least six teams have reached out to the Cardinals about trading up for their number three draft spot. Mina tells us who she thinks are the top contenders for the trade, and Marcus is throwing out some wild guesses of who might be trying to get to three. More coming your way. More roaring, too. The NFL draft just 17 days away, April 27th, 28th, and 29th. We'll have every pick once again on ESPN. And, of course, NFL Live will be there in Kansas City. Two-hour specials on Thursday and Friday. It's also available on the NFL Network. And ABC's coverage focuses on the prospects' journey to the draft all three days. Also live on ESPN Deportes, ESPN Radio, and the app. All right, so let's get to some top stories. A big one coming down yesterday with OBJ signing with the Ravens. Adam, tell us more. Well, Laura, during Easter dinner, during the Masters, Odell <laughs> Beckham Jr. announces that he reached agreement with the Baltimore Ravens on a one-year deal worth up to $18 million. And he's done so having been in communication with Lamar Jackson, who went ahead and posted images on social media of the two men talking together. And if the Ravens can get a deal done with Lamar, Odell and Lamar will be spending a lot more time talking together this season. Also in the Beltway area, the Washington Commanders continue to be for sale and Daniel Snyder now has two bids of at least six billion dollars from two different groups one led by the 76ers owner Josh Harris another led by the Canadian billionaire Steve Apostolopoulos and there is some sense around the league that there could be a purchase agreement in place in the coming weeks before the upcoming NFL draft and the Arizona Cardinals have heard from at least six teams interested in trading up to the third overall selection. And as the draft gets closer, it certainly seems like Arizona could be deciding to deal that pick to any one of these teams that would like to come up for a quarterback. Now, the Cardinals have not made a final decision. They could sit there and take the top player on the board at number three, but clearly it's looking with all this interest in that pick like they could be moving on from number three. Yeah, it, this is fascinating. I think going to be one of the stories that we continue to follow in the lead up to the draft. And Mina, who should be in the market to move up and get that third pick? This is so fun, Adam, throwing out a number like that and giving us reason to guess which teams might be calling Arizona. I absolutely love it. I absolutely think the obvious teams are the Colts at four because we know they need a quarterback and they might be trying to fend off someone else. The Raiders at seven, another team obvious need at quarterback. And then I'll say the Titans at 11. Uh, this seems to be the worst kept secret in the NFL right now that they're interested in moving up. Beyond those three, uh, I'm actually looking in the middle 
picks in that area at the Seahawks, the Lions, and Falcons as teams where if they absolutely love one of these quarterbacks, Anthony Richardson, they might be at least putting in a call to see about it. I'm not saying it's plausible. I think those first three teams are the more likely ones, but those are three teams that I don't think we, they don't need quarterbacks. The Falcons say they're happy with Ritter. Of course, the Lions have Goff and the Seahawks have Geno Smith, but if they really love one of the quarterbacks, I could see them at least looking into it. Well, when we were talking, I was throwing teams out there left and right, okay? And I think, look, when, you, when you're talking about these particular situations, I had the Washington Commanders as one team that you had to keep an eye on, even though they started talking about how high they are on Sam Howell. I also had the Minnesota Vikings knowing that Kirk Cousins' contract is coming to an end, and you may want to start a new era there at quarterback mm. in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not sitting pretty at the quarterback position right now. So those are three teams that I threw out there that could be potentially seeking to go up and get one of those guys as well that we talk about franchise guys. The, the interesting part about all of this is after you get past Bryce and CJ, what value do you put on one of those guys? And that's the Will Levis and Anthony Richardson conversation. And I can see a couple of these teams, a, a, a few of these teams, having an idea about what they could potentially be with this, with Anthony Richardson or potentially Will Levis. Yeah, Marcus, it's no surprise that Arizona wanted to trade out. I think we all speculated that as soon as the draft order was finalized. At three, you're not taking a quarterback. Okay, you want to trade back. But I think what's surprising to me is Adam's report that six teams want to move up. That's a lot. That's more than yeah. just the teams that we could eyeball and say, okay, you need a quarterback, you want to trade up. You need a quarterback. You want to trade up. So I do think it opens the door to teams like Mina said, Seattle, Detroit, the Las Vegas Raiders gave Jimmy Garoppolo a quarterback contract that's not great. It's pretty average, and he hasn't stayed healthy. I think they're a team you have to keep in the mix. So definitely a lot of movement possibilities. And let's keep in mind, I don't think Arizona is going to want to go too far back because they're going to want to be able to get one of the top players in this draft. And then let's keep this in mind. What if, to blow everybody's minds, the Houston Texans decide not to go quarterback at two, Ooh. and then we could have a feeding frenzy at pick number three. So we'll see what happens. There are so many unanswered questions, but all this will come into focus in the coming weeks. Uh, we might have to follow up on that Texan situation tomorrow. I know it's not news, but just the scenario. We got time for one more thing before we go. Marcus, I think you got a shout out you want to make. Yes, a BMB got paid. And y'all know when a BMB gets paid, I have to acknowledge the fact that we are getting money all over the place. My man Jeffrey Simmons signed a four-year, $94 million deal, and I got some plays as to why. This is one, because you can't block me. You got to get your hands off of me. This is quickness. This is finishing on the quarterback. The next one you see is brute strength and power. I'm going to push you into the quarterback. Yeah, why your mom and daddy watching? And the second thing is understanding how to rush. Look how he covers for everybody. Oh, that side is open. Let me wrap around and get Aaron Rodgers. Jeffrey Simmons got paid, rightfully so. He's a BMB. And shout out to my guy, man, Jason Hatcher, who I played with in the NFL, one of my really good friends. He started an agency called Walking Business. He is his family. They represented him, his agent Paul. These guys got it done for Jeffrey Simmons, a dominant defensive tackle that's going to put the Titans at least in a situation where they can continue to play high-level defense. BMB's getting paid. Take it home, Swagoo. See you tomorrow. <laughs>